Argus, you, re- you ready to try this again? Take two. Second time's a charm. Kind of like golfing. Take two. Take two on this podcast, which we already actually technically recorded. But that's why pencils have erasers. We're scrapping the podcast that we did on Saturday. Um, this is a bit of a problem with me and my co-host Marcus here, but sometimes we buy a bottle of bourbon and we go a little too ham on that bottle of bourbon uh, during the podcast. It was glorious, though. I've, I No regrets. No regrets. It was. I, I think I'm going to save that file somewhere because it's, it's so funny when you listen to us in the first couple minutes compared to the last couple minutes. Like, I can barely put a sentence together. You're handling yourself pretty well towards the end, but even you're slurring. Uh, but I was just completely off my rocker; like I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, like like we were just talking about. What a great, great thing was me calling you. I think 30, 40 minutes after, don't even remember that conversation. I don't. Fantastic. I don't. Fantastic. Yep. I don't. So we're gonna try this podcast again. Uh, welcome everybody to Sports Cap Radio. That's right. We are coming back. Uh, we have not recorded a podcast in two months. Uh, we all decided as a page we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus. So we stepped away for a little bit, and we're back with a new name. The Sports Cap Radio. Please go follow us. Um, we decided to scrap the old name. Our, our old name was pretty much just our page, the Sports Memory, and then Podcast, and we thought that was kind of lame. Yeah, you know, you, we get to rebrand, right? Everyone gets a little bit of rebranding. Um, get to try it out, see how it feels, and if you don't like it move on exactly and we didn't like our podcast from saturday so we're scrapping it and we're doing it again take two baby so it's been a long time we haven't done a podcast since before the super bowl so we have so much to talk about uh we were tempted multiple times this is the most nfl this is the most active nfl offseason i think of all time uh it's just electric and it was hard because we said we were going to take a few months off and we did but we were tempted several times to come back and talk about some of the shit that happened. How eventful has it been, man? It's insane. Wild. It, it, it really kind of hypes you up getting ready for the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for the most part, the free agent period, this whole, um, you know, March into April, you get a, maybe one splash move. Right. Nothing too insane, but it's been every couple of days, big name targets, big name targets moving. A lot of draft picks are moving as recently as today. Yep. Yep, and there's a huge trade that happened today. But this NFL offseason, it's it's just absolutely wild. It's so funny the way that the NFL spaces out things because the Super Bowl ends, and by all rights, we shouldn't even be talking about the NFL for several months. But they stole the show for weeks afterwards. I mean, the week of the Super Bowl, Tom Brady comes out and announces his retirement, steals the thunder from the Super Bowl, steals the thunder from Black History Month, and then the first week of March, and onto Women's History Month, and Tom Brady announces his unretirement. And it's just so funny the way that they do it because the, the the Super Bowl ends, and then you have the schedule drop, and you have free agency, uh, and they just kind of sprinkle things evenly. It's like every two weeks you have an event, and with this off season, with the trades that happened, I mean, geez, we could you can't even talk about other sports. No, but why would you? Like, for the most part, other sports, everyone's really dealing with off off the field stuff, like right. going into their season or in their season. So basketball, no one really talks about what's going on. You just hear about uh, courtside fan issues, like in nonsense. Baseball, it's just the CBA that they've got going on. Yep. But nothing that really kind of hypes you for 
what's what's immediately coming or what's right. coming in a few months. It's just like, all right, cool. I can find the news that they're providing anywhere. Not just it's yeah. not directly rail, uh, related. And the NBA is just trash. I mean, I, I'm so uninterested in the NBA these days, and I used to be a big NBA fan, but it's just so uninteresting to me. All I see from the media is they talk about LeBron James, <laughs> and every time I look at the standings, LeBron James is so far out of the hunt. Like, why are we even talking about him anymore? I think he's out for the season or something like that. Uh, it doesn't even really matter exactly. But And then the baseball collective bargaining agreement, the changes that they made, it's like bigger bases, there are some things that are interesting, like the pitch count, you know, which is going to speed up the game, which needed to happen, but still no salary cap. So teams like Pittsburgh are still going to continue to not spend any money and not put out a good product. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's wild. I, I couldn't care less about other sports. It's, it's, it's NFL for me. That The NFL is king. Yeah, I mean, even right now, like hockey season's in full swing. We got the playoffs, so everyone's kind of getting hyped up. But right. unless you're like a diehard hockey fan really don't care that much, right? Exactly. You're kind of just falling, checking in how your team's doing, potentially like what playoff seating it's going to be. But other than that, you're not you're not checking your phone every single day and going right to NHL or NBA. If, right. you, if you're going to like ESPN or whatever outlets that you that you follow for your sports, first thing you're checking is NFL. Yep. And the flaw for hockey for me, and it always has been, is that hockey allows more than half of the the overall teams into the playoffs. And they have already have a really long regular season, 82 games, I believe it is. So for me, it's like, why would even watch the regular season? More than half of the teams are going to make the tournament. I'm just going to fucking watch the tournament. I've, I've always been that way with hockey. I love hockey. But for me, like regular season hockey, I'll go to some games, but I, I don't know. Yeah, but, but and I think like during the seasons, that's why NFL is so impactful. I mean, you, you only have 16, now 17 games. Yeah. Every single game, even week one, where it might not feel like there's importance to it, everything matters. Because how many teams do we see every single season that are within a game, maybe two, of making the show, making the dance, you know? It's insane. And it just absolutely dominated the... uh the conversation, and so we are Sports Cap Radio, and so we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. It might be old news, but we're just kind of like a while we were away episode, because there's a lot to recap, but we are going to start out with some current events, because a huge trade just happened uh, in the NFL, and I want to go over it. I want to get your take on this, Marcus. So the Saints and the Eagles have come to terms on a trade. Uh, the Saints will receive the the Eagles' 16th overall pick in the 2022 draft, the 19th overall pick in the 2022 draft, the 194th pick in the 22 draft, and the Eagles will receive the 18th pick in the 22 draft, the 101st pick in the 22 draft, the 237th pick in the 22 draft, and then going into 2023, they get another first-round pick and then in 2024, they get a second round pick. Marcus, gut check. What do you? I mean, what? What? First of all, what? What do you think about the trade? And what do you think the teams are doing with this? I think 49ers fans everywhere should be a little uh, upset about this because this is really stemming from that Trey Lance deal, which they could have used uh, to get Deshaun Watson this season instead. It, on the surface, it's kind of hard to break down, but when you kind of look at this season and next season, Philly has a lot of pieces, right? They, they have a lot of different things that they need to do to build, and they have three first. They had three first round picks, all between six, what, six, fifteen, and nineteen. So now they're still going to have two first round picks this year. Yep, uh, I think two two second rounds this year, two first rounds next year, two second round. Like 
that's the right way to build through the draft. Right. So, and, and then assuming the Saints kind of struggle this year, which very well could be, you know, highly possible, that pick that they get, what if that's a top 10 pick? What if that ends up as a top five or top six pick? Then you can, maybe someone's looking for a quarterback at that spot or someone's packaging more picks. It's it's brilliant for them, and I, I get why the Saints are doing it. I'm, you have to assume that they're moving up to get a quarterback. Um, but... Saints could be so Saints are in trouble, and they, I know they have to unload some stuff because of their cap issues that they've got going on. But um, so you think the Saints are moving up to get a quarterback? I feel like it has to be because well, so, because now now they're moving up and they're getting a, they have two firsts now. So, right. Um, so that that that'd be the only reason for me, and they're worried about a quarterback slipping. But it's just the the positioning's kind of weird because all yeah. three of the all those picks are all within each other. So. That part I'm confused on, but it kind of makes sense, I guess, on both ends, uh, short-term, long-term. I think the Saints are weirdly in win-now mode, and it's bizarre to me because can you really be in win-now win mode with Jameis Winston as your quarterback? I think they kind of are because if you look at the, the Saints roster, it actually is still a good roster overall. Like They still have a lot of pieces, but you know it's a, they have a lot of cap issues. So I think if they, they're go, going for talent through the draft – which I think is an interesting choice. Uh, this draft is going to be really good in the trenches, which they need. They've lost a few pieces on their offensive line, um, a few pieces on their defense, a defensive front. So I think that they're trying to reload through the draft this year and build a competitive team this year. That's just my impression of what the Saints... Otherwise, the deal doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I think what they might end up doing is taking an offensive lineman with one of their first-round picks and then a wide receiver with the other one because they desperately... <laughs> desperately need a wide receiver and let's face it they can't afford one through free agency no and, and pretty much what they have right now as far as receivers go is michael thomas and who knows how that's gonna exactly. pan out slant uh, boy it's a f and slant boy man but you know malcolm jenkins just retired so they have more pieces to fill and you still have like guys like cam jordan that de- deserve to keep having a run like they have enough pieces i guess so they, they need something splash-wise or something they, they could package those and trade for a player. I'm not sure where they're going to go, but for me, it's likely that one of those picks is going to be a quarterback, and they like enough players um, in that first round that won't fall, but they want to get one of those other playmakers. Uh, maybe um, um, you know the uh, receiver from USC and Ohio State got a couple guys that are looking to fall in that round, so right. a couple playmakers, but... Quarterback has to be one of those two, in my opinion. I think with the Eagles, it's easy to see what they're doing. Uh, They gain another pick in the 2023 draft. Let's face it, this quarterback draft is terrible. It's fucking awful. I mean, there's there's a bunch of dud quarterbacks in this draft, and I think that a lot of guys are going to be drafted in the first round that shouldn't actually be drafted in the first round. 2023, however, stacked at quarterback. The the way that it's projecting out, I mean, it, it could be a really, really, really good quarterback draft. So for me, this is an interesting. If you're Jalen Hurts, I think you got to be a little bit uncomfortable with what's happening here because I think this is a move from the Eagles so that they can. It's basically like they get a they get another season to look at Jalen Hurts, see if he can take another step as a passer, and then in 2023 they're still going to have three picks, I believe, because they still have their own 2023 pick. They got the 49ers' uh, first round pick in 2023, and then now they gain another one in the Saints. So I think they're punting this year, having three picks to next year, so that if they want to, if there's a stud, which there will be in the top three, Alabama quarterback comes to mind, uh, they they'll have the draft capital to move up. 
Yeah, they're going to have a couple guys, but that's that's another thing. Let's just say Philly struggles or whatever gets a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. If the Saints struggle, have a top 10 pick, then you're looking at potentially two that you can deal and Jalen Hurts to move up for, you know, for Bryce at number one, assuming right. he doesn't have the same year that these quarterbacks had going in. Um, but anytime that you can stack those picks and it's favorable, you're in a good position. The Dolphins found out, the Niners found out, and they both found ways to blow it. Yep. Dude. Totally, absolutely found ways to blow it. But so, interesting trade. Uh, it's 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 bizarre that uh, picks are being traded this far out from the draft. But this was right around the time last year when the 49ers made their confusing move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the weirdest part, see, for the Eagles, this makes way more sense because I think that they don't they know that they don't know who their guy's going to be in 2023, but they know they'll have the picks to trade to get whoever that guy is. With 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 the way the 49ers worked it, I truly believe, and I don't give a fuck what anyone says. I don't think Kyle Shanahan had any idea what quarterback. I, I think he knew he needed a quarterback, and I think he was just trading up so that he could, he'd be in a good position to get one. I don't think he actually had a plan of who he was going to get. No, that that will never make sense to me. No matter how anyone tries to uh, angle it or justify it, it will never make sense. Yep. And then and then all right, let's let's just say that they stack these early picks and Jalen Hurts turns out to just be a phenomenal stud outside of just fantasy production. Then you're you're you have all these picks and guess what? You get draft capital. Someone trades you two first to move up. And then that's how you start building. That's that's how you build through the draft. It's not always that um silver plattered handed to you. Right. Uh, but it but it gives a lot of hope for the future for Philly because they, they, they're their team that just they have so many pieces that they need. Yep. Yep. I think I think this is a brilliant move from Philly. This is a long play move from Philly. Their roster is not good. They, they, they have a lot of repairing, a lot of fixing that they need to do on this roster. Um, they still need a lot of playmakers. I don't even know if they still even though they continuously draft wide receivers, I still don't even know if they have their guy yet. They don't. They don't. They, 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 and they continue to just, oh, thank God for the Vikings. They're terrible at drafting wide receivers. Otherwise, they'd probably have Justin Jefferson right now. But uh, it's it, it's but it is a, an, an intriguing move for, for the Eagles. So now two years in a row, the Eagles make a splash trade right for the draft, and they're fucking stacked now. They are absolutely built to, yeah. to, to, to move forward. Gives you a lot of flexibility. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, so... <laughs> That's that's that, that's kind of hot off the presses, but we're gonna go into this quarterback carousel because there's so much to talk about. Uh, let's start with my boy, or who was previously my boy, Aaron Rodgers. Um, this contract that he signed is just bananas. I mean, it's essentially fifty million dollars a year uh, g- going forward. It does re- significantly reduce their cap hit for this year, but overall. Like after losing Devontae Adams, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, are the Packers in a better place? Like, what? What do you? Th- what? Let me ask you this: What do you think about the Packers? Well, first of all, the, the contract itself, and then what do you think about the Packers' prospects this year? Well, it's they're, they're handcuffed. It, it's a it's terrible. It's terrible. But like they're handcuffed. Do you want to keep Aaron Rodgers? Do you want to keep him happy? Which they really haven't been able to fully do for his entire career. And it's catch twenty two because you you know you want to send him the money, but you want to be able to get the right people around him. You can't do both, right? And then there's just been so much drama over the last seasons, and you know, and we've talked plenty about Aaron Rodgers about maybe a little spiteful, you know, maybe holds a grudge for fifteen years. 
And, you know, it's just them kind of maybe finally bowing down to what he wants. But none, no matter which way it goes, there's all, they're always going to be wrong in this position. Uh, I think they did well by getting some recoup, good, good draft picks for Devontae Adams, a first and a second, and, you know, a couple others sprinkled in. And you get to save some of the cap. It's the right time because he's kind of in that end of the prime-ish right now right. window. But for me, if Green Bay, it would have been good to kind of bite that bullet and either let Rodgers retire yes. or, or deal with the contract or maybe ship him off and get a couple first rounds kind of like the, they did with Devontae Adams. It would have, in a perfect world, truthfully, it would have been a good time to let them both go. Then you get to see how Jordan Love goes. If your team sucks, go get Bryce with one overall. Right. Um, but you clear up that cap, um, and you start that that quick rebuild. But you get a ton of picks to make that rebuild um, a little bit quicker and a little smoother. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers, he'll be 39 uh, on December 2nd, which I actually didn't even know our birthdays were so close. So that's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be uh, 39 December 2nd, just in time to lose in the first round of the playoffs next year. Uh, here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. Charles Barkley said it best. Aaron Rodgers is the pretty girl who always needs to hear that he's pretty. To me, he's like the couple that always argues in front of the other your other friends. Uh, and they, they, they love to stir the pot. They like to poke at each other and constantly make things bad because they enjoy the makeup sex so much. I think Aaron Rodgers loves to be bowed down to. I think he always, just constantly needs to be felt needed. And... Th- when I look at other quarterbacks, like Tom Brady, like always taking the league minimum, the guys never really complained about like being needed or anything like that. He always just wanted to be the Patriots guy undisputedly. Like he, he didn't like hearing that the Patriots wanted to move on from him, but he was never asking for more money. He just wanted to be the guy. Cause who doesn't mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers doesn't just want to be the guy. He also needs, needs to be hugged and told you're the highest paid quarterback in the league regardless of what it's going to do to your chances. And it's the same spiral. He gets the contract, then he complains about not having talent around him, then he threatens to leave, and then he gets another contract that forces the Packers to not have talent around him. Yeah, just a prima donna, and that's why they will only they lucked into one Super Bowl. They'll never get another one. Right. Still a little uh, upset about that one. The back-to-back MVPs, do you, do you think the Packers could have gotten the exact same Russell Wilson deal? Like for Aaron Rodgers, who's probably you know five years older than Russell Wilson, I think. Yeah, there's no reason they they wouldn't get two first rounders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he's still going to play at a high level, likely this year and the next year. And when a lot of times when you're packaging that, you have the team the support to make that work, and it's a win now. So right, you either don't get a championship or and you're screwed either way because those teams are struggling with having an elite quarterback right or you get a championship and then no one gives a shit what happens for a little while because you're you were super bowl champions sure and yep. um yeah yep um so yeah it's it's it, it's really interesting situation um it's I'm just going to be, I'm going to enjoy watching this. I I posted the meme, Cersei drinking the wine as the cathedral uh, blew up. And that's, that's how I feel as a fan. I I truly believe, listen, Aaron, the way the Packers are are looking at this contract that they just did with, with Aaron Rodgers, they're viewing him like he's Tom Brady, like he's never going to decline. And that's my problem with the contract. Every quarterback eventually falls off a cliff. Every quarterback. You can't just assume that just because Tom Brady did it, Aaron Rodgers can do it too. You see guys like Peyton Manning. 
who broke the touchdown record one year, and then the very next year he looked like he could barely play. That could easily happen to Aaron Rodgers. Peyton Manning, MVP, broke the touchdown record. Very next year, looked like he couldn't even play. And I know there's a difference. He had degenerative neck injuries, but he's also just old. Well, there you go. Drew Brees, same thing. Exactly. He, like, it, yeah. it, it, he just cliffed. He just yep. cliffed going into last year, and uh, the, year bef- the, the year before last, and just couldn't make those throws, which really set him apart. Right. And it's kind of the same things with, like, receivers. If they're built on speed or, you know, breaking out of those cuts, they lose that one step. They've lost what makes them them. And then they kind of just fall. They, they can still be good or, you know, one of the mid-upper-tier guys, but they're not that guy that hold, like, held their name for however many years before yep. that. Yep. And honestly, you're a Steelers fan. Ben Roethlisberger, he seemed like he just fell off a cliff because I think in the beginning of the 2020, 2020 season, he actually looked pretty decent. And then there was a point, like mid-season, where just all of a sudden, you just – you. These quarterbacks, they get to a certain age where they're just so immobile that, like, they can't do anything. And Yeah, oh, for sure. And, and that was the problem that we saw. Like, he just he, – you know, he, his body's been beat up so bad mm-hmm. for the last 15 years going into that. And, like, he was still able to make most of the throws, and he still showed big arm. But for the most – he just didn't want to get hit because it's hurting. It hurts too much, especially at that right. time. Um, and, you know, you know, thank you, Seven, anyway. But, you know, it, it was ugly at the time. you got to support him at that point. But – it it wasn't a shadow of what he what made him elite over the years. Right, like he lost the mobility, the way to break tackles, and that that's kind of what was able to set him apart. It wasn't just the arm; it was it was able to shed a sack, get out of the pocket, and let weird shit happen. And that's that's where most of those big dynamic plays happen with uh, with Ben. Yep, the Packers lose multiple players on the defensive side of the ball. They lose their entire wide receiving core. I mean, like everyone, their best wide receiver right now is Alan Lazard. That's scary as fuck, man. I, I, I'm just saying, I think the Packers' reign of terror is, is coming to an end. It's going to be interesting to watch. Kind of, kind of like the Cowboys there in the, uh, in, the, in the 2000s where they couldn't win anything. Like, yep. no matter what they tried to do, they were just bottom shelf. Exactly. And, yep. and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll cherish every one of those seasons with Green Bay. Oh, my gosh. I will, I will enjoy watching this fall with great pleasure. And I think it's going to come this year. I really do. I, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to fall off the cliff. I just don't think the team is good around him. And that's why I think the Packers would have been smart to move on from him, try and get a bunch of draft capital. But they don't. And now they're, hammed, they're, they're stuck with this contract that makes it impossible to trade him. So no matter what happens going forward, they're stuck with him. And it's going to be an interesting ride. The Russell Wilson trade, the other massive trade from the offseason. Um, I mean, this is this is freaking huge. I actually didn't think Seattle was going to have the balls to pull the trigger on it. And I don't agree with the decision at all to, for them to do it. I mean, I know their team sucked, but you're trading a top five quarterback in the league. Um, but what does this do for the Broncos? It immediately makes them contenders. And, uh, you know, before we dive into that, truthfully, if I'm Seattle, I think you really need to, even if it's quiet, you got to shop DK Metcalf and see if you can't, Absolutely. See if you can't get a first-round pick for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're going to, you know, Drew Locke's going to be throwing the ball. At least you got no offense. you got some pieces, but they're in super rebuild, even though no one wants to admit it. Why not see if you can't get another first or a first, second, and a second? You know, just something because everyone's going to be drooling over him, and he's still he's still cheap, so that makes his trade value even more. Uh, even more valuable. So I think for Seattle, that's something they should be seriously considering. But Denver, we, we've talked about them for a few years, just needing the quarterback to make the plays. Um, 
it's it's do or die time for Russ. You know, early on when he was winning a ton of games, the defense was great, and recently, even though they they you know they had to let Russ uh, let Russ cook, you know, comb through, but their their everything else has just been so bad, so they don't win. So this is kind of he's got to he's got to win at least one playoff game for them this year, which sucks because that division is so stacked. Right. You know. We, you know. We, we talked about it that. The AFC West, we could have four double-digit win teams over there. Yeah, uh, definitely. I'm, I'd be surprised if all four weren't 500 or better. Um, but but it, ha- it has to be. They give up a lot of capital. They have the young defense pieces. They it's, it's time. They got to go make it. Jerry Judy should have a solid year with Russ, and we do know that like Russ likes to find one guy. Uh, he likes to spread it around, but one guy will get those numbers, and so Jerry Judy fans should be pretty happy over there. I think it's going to be Judy, and I think, weirdly enough, it's going to be Tim Patrick. Uh, Cortland Sutton, he, he's got a lot of injury issues. He's a really good player when he's on the field. It's gonna, it's a dynamic wide receiver room. It's it's a big loss that they lost uh, Noah Fant. But I don't like this narrative that's all of a sudden come out that Russell Wilson is not is overrated. Or I, I've been hearing this, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Over the, over the course of the of his entire career, starting in 2012, you want to know how many losing seasons the Seahawks had? One last year when he got hurt for the first time in his career. A lot of people don't even know that it's the first time. It's the first game Russell Wilson's ever missed in his whole career um, with that finger issue, and they ended up seven and ten. Finished so fucking hot. Who knows what they could have done if Russell Wilson didn't get hurt last year. Well, with a shitty roster. I'm glad you kind of brought up Tim Patrick because I forgot to uh, ask this question when we were getting fucking hammered on Saturday. <laughs> do you, so do you think Tim Patrick could end up being, obviously it's not the exact same skill set as like Tyler Lockett, but like from a fantasy perspective, do you think this is a guy that could be like a 6, 8, 6, 8, 31, 31, like just like so boom or bust kind of from fantasy, or do you think it's going to be more of the consistent 12, 18? No, see, Tim Patrick is actually a reception guy. Like he he's a he's a high volume. He he doesn't necessarily get separation. He's kind of like a jump ball receiver. He's huge. Uh, he's I, I think he's he's either six three or six four. He might even be six five. I know I know he's massive, but I've always he's always been my guy in fantasy that I've looked to, and this is with Drew Locke, but I've looked at his PFF numbers and, you know, so, some of the some of this, uh, the random statistics like his targets to receptions ratios and things like that. Very efficient receiver with the ball. Has never had a quarterback in his entire career. Um, I think he is a really underrated guy. 28, he's in the prime of his career. Um, he could... He could be really fucking dynamic this year, uh, and I love Cortland. So I just I love all three of these receivers so much. Uh, I think Tim Patrick is just going to be a really good, you know, third and nine, dump it off on the sideline, good reception guy for sure. High volume targets, so I think for sure. Yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be exciting. I cannot wait for the bloodbath in the AFC West. I just I really can't. It's fucking huge. It's absolutely huge. So yeah, with that trade, uh, so the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, where else do we go? Let's let's go let's go straight in. Let's go to the the Sean Watson trade. Uh, th- this is near and dear to your heart, and we've talked a lot about this because you're a Steelers fan. He goes to the Browns. Um, in the end, Deshaun Watson went for the team that bowed to his every wish. It, it it's it's kind of crazy because you know he's already got this bad rep with everything that's going on. And then it became really obvious that it didn't even he didn't even really have any preferences in this trade other than that they wanted them 
they wanted whatever team he was going to go to to bow down to his every request, and clearly they did. Kind of like the team he just left. Yeah. They just had him bowing down to him. I mean, that's he, he seems like he, he went from a guy who, who seemed like he had no off-the-field issues to all of a sudden being this ultra-flawed dude yeah. off the field. On the field, he's an incredible quarterback. So, as a Steelers fan, are the Browns now the best team in the AFC? And and, and did did the Browns overpay? Like, what are your thoughts on this trade? Yes, it's so tough because if you go and win a Super Bowl, of course, you never overpay. Right. It's a huge splash for Cleveland who's, you know, having – they always have issues of some sort. doesn't matter how good or bad the team is there. They always find a way generally to underperform. Right. Um, which I like, but – <laughs> you know, they, they they went and made a splash. You know, I, I kind of told uh, I was working today, and I'm uh, one of the guys I was doing uh, um, some work with was a Browns fan, and I told him, "Let me break it down to you this way." He's guilty first and foremost. Oh yeah, he's definitely guilty. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't care if you're listening to this right now. I don't care what your thoughts are. He's guilty as fuck. You're a creep. You're <laughs> yeah. guilty. Yep. He should he's, be in prison. Yep. But if he was in Pittsburgh, I'd say he's innocent. Yep. And but in for right or wrong, I know it's I know it's frowned upon wrong or whatever, but if you go win me a Super Bowl, I can kind of turn the cheek. I'm still going to you know, think what I think, but you know, if you go win back-to-back Super Bowls, I'll probably help you hide the body. Like I, I'm, not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm right about it, but that's me through and through, and I'm sure that you know, I'm glad that Cleveland fans get to take the mantle of uh, you know, quarterback issues right now. I'm happy to pass that on. Uh, but as soon as he got made that trade to Cleveland, it ruined my entire weekend. I feel like Cleveland coined the the phrase Ben Raplesberger. Um So it is going to be sweet retribution because, in my opinion, this is Cleveland just selling. It's, they're selling their soul. And so, it, it, in my opinion, like it, everything about this, if you don't know the details of this contract, they also structured it so that his entire 2022 salary is going to be paid out in bonuses. So his actual base salary this year is only $1 million. And the significance of that is, folks, that's the only amount that the NFL can touch if they decide to fine him, which is huge. So if you don't think that that was what he was driving for the entire time, and that's 100%. He, every team that he was going to, he was asking for exactly that because he knows the NFL is probably going to pursue some some you know, punitive damages on this because, let's face it, the NFL knows he's guilty. Everybody knows he's guilty. Uh, the people, the, the argument against him being guilty, it's just insane. 22 women, folks. Even if 14 of those women are completely lying, which the odds of that are unbelievably slim, uh, you have to think that at least one of these allegations is true. And if so, he's a scumbag. But like, just like Marcus is saying, it is the ultimate gut check and just moral dilemma for for us as sports fans you you love your team so much it's like how much you want to tolerate how much you want to look away from and I think as a Vikings fan a lot of Vikings fans would have hated the trade to us and a lot of Steelers fans would have hated it but we probably would have come to terms with it once he's putting up 48 touchdown seasons with us yeah and I mean truthfully even before all of this happened like I loved Deshaun, loved everything about him, and I was um, same. I was and, a huge fan, and, but like it was right before that, so he signed that big extension, all this money, one year, in, like less than a year in, yeah. And a couple months later, he's like, "No, I want traded." Like, what? No, <laughs> then you you can't like you want all of your money that's coming toward you, but now you want to get traded and handcuffed. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. So I was a little sour about that, and then it led into everything else. So I'm super sour, and now that he's in Cleveland, I'm super duper 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 sour. 
You should be, because this is a monumental shift. I mean, they, they immediately become the best team in the AFC North, in my opinion. It's still a great division. I mean, let's face it, the, the Bengals are still there with so many good quarterbacks in this division outside of the Steelers. <laughs> I think you guys are in a transitionary year. But um, we'll see. It's But it truly is going to be a bloodbath in this division still. And I, I can't help but think, and I'm sure you're thinking the same thing, Cleveland's going to find a way to fuck this up. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And if the first thing is going to come with Baker. You have to keep him on the roster. Like you have to. The, the, there's good value for it. No one's going to trade because they know what the deal is. But they have to keep him in case Deshaun gets suspended. does get suspended. I still, yeah. I, I don't see it happening. Um, I think the NFL maybe will take them sitting him out all of last year into consideration when it goes to that. But if, if they do suspend him, you, you still want Baker there. Like, he's not a terrible quarterback. He just kind of gets a bad rep for, you know, some of the A, media coverage, some of the off-the-field stuff. But he's been solid enough. So, like, if this was a quarterback you either got late first or early, somewhere in the second, you're ecstatic about what he's produced. But when you're a number one overall player quarterback, you got to produce. And you got to produce early, for, you know, fair or not. But, you know, Baker still had his, you know, above-average years, you know, uh, I like him. I wouldn't mind him in Pittsburgh, truthfully. I think they're going to find a way to dump Baker. Uh, I, I just don't think you can handle those two egos. I think Deshaun Watson, to me, like Deshaun Watson went from this ultimate stud guy I respected to kind of this bitch. <laughs> and I think that he's going to, one of the things, Baker Mayfield is such a huge personality. I don't think you can keep him on your team. I, I think I think it's going to be potentially toxic situation. You have to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah you absolutely do. And, um, Which could impact their season huge because I, I, I personally think he's going to get I, – I think they are going to suspend him four weeks. Uh, the NFL has a long history of just doing things, even though they don't necessarily have the reasoning to, just for the, the optics of it. And so I think that that, that likely is going to happen. Um, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. This is a, the, the, a big dick – all in, selling your soul move by the Browns. This is this is just all the frustration of the Browns last 25 years of drafting terrible quarterbacks all culminated into one just fuck it. We're just going to go for it. It's like three years in a row for the Browns really trying to make those splashes, make those moves. And they have a great roster, so we'll see. We'll see what, what's going to happen. But, uh, let's move on to the, the Matt Ryan trade. Um Third year in a row, so we're going from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. Uh, the, the Colts find someone that that loves you, like the Colts love washed up, <laughs> overpaid quarterbacks because they paid Philip Rivers twenty five million dollars. He was horrible that season. Uh, they paid Carson Wentz, I think, thirty million dollars last year. He was horrible last season, and now they are paying and. I'm actually kind of impressed with the deal that they did because the Falcons are paying like $20 million of, of Matt Ryan's salary this year, which is pretty good. Yeah, no, Atlanta restructured him right before that move. Um, I, it makes sense. Uh, Indy, Indy has so much talent. Uh, I know yep. they, I know they have to kind of restock some some areas in the secondary for them. Right. But in the trenches, they're solid. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. Michael Pittman really showed out last season for them. I can't say enough about Darius Leonard. Uh, so, like, they have enough pieces. Uh, Quentin Nelson holding it down on the inside. And you brought up an interesting uh, thing to me on Saturday with uh, Matt Ryan about not having the run game, mm -hmm. which is very interesting because – Never has. Yeah, now maybe they are able to take pieces off. I know you hate Matt Ryan. I'm kind of excited. Uh, I'm always sweet towards the Colts for the last few years for whatever reason. 
I have been too. Uh, I, I I still I'm going to take them to win the South again this season. Um, <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Uh, I've I've been solid on them. It's going the Carson Wentz deal is going to hurt them because it would have been nice to still have that first round pick uh, instead of losing to the Jaguars and still not getting that first round pick. Huge. But uh, you know it's how we could retool somewhere. But they they have enough pieces to be competitive. And why not have you know someone who's a got the experience? He's got an MVP under his under his belt. Uh, you know they have enough talent, enough pieces that where you, you, he doesn't have to go throw for five thousand yards. You just don't have to choke the games away like Philip Rivers was able to found ways to do, and Carson Wentz clearly did with like three of the top three worst passes of the NFL last season. Yeah. So so this is one of those weird ones that really does make sense on both ends because Atlanta goes and gets Mariota, which I'm excited for Cordell Patterson, uh, the great keeper for me. Uh, they're in a rebuild mode, so they get to clear some cap, get a good enough. Uh, athlete over there so you know it made sense on both sides yeah it definitely did make sense on both sides and I do think Matt Ryan is the best of these of the three of this quarterback carousel that the Colts have been through I I, the Phillip Rivers trade I or the uh, Phillip Rivers signing I immediately said this is not going to work out the Carson Wentz one I was actually kind of on the fence like maybe this will work out it didn't work out um, I do think Matt Ryan is going to be the best of them. However, I watched Matt Ryan in a couple games last year, and I think there's a good chance that that dude is just done. We were talking about cliffs earlier. I think he's off the cliff. I, I, I maybe I'm wrong. He's going to a much better offensive line. He's going. It's going to be a run first offense, so he's going to benefit from all that. But I just watched Matt Ryan in so many games last year, and he looked like he was as washed up as I've ever seen a quarterback look. And we'll see. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Um, obviously, he's got a different type of receiving core. We still don't know if they're bringing back T.Y. Hilton. Right. You know, he's, he, he's another guy who's lost a few steps, but uh, Pittman's a big body, and we know that Matt Ryan loves throwing to big bodies, so he is a guy sh- people should truthfully be targeting early because he's, he's going to get the ball sent to him. Oh, he definitely is. He's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, I don't think that they're done. I think they're, they'll probably end up bringing another wide receiver in, whether through the draft, but they, I think they actually do need another weapon through the air. It'll be interesting to see uh, who, who they bring in. And remember, they, they, they still have plenty of cap. Indy's yep. been a team in the top five of available cap space. Could they bring in Julio Jones? Um, I'm, I'd like it. Uh, I, I, don't know if you've, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, the who was it? was Darius Leonard, and I forget who. It's another guy from the Colts. So all the big-name free agents, both of these guys are, like, reaching out to so-and-so on, like, on Twitter, like, hey, you should check out the – we have great food, or, you know, we have this. Oh, Julio – you should come play with Matt Ryan for one, one more go around. You know, just like these guys are actively, both of them actively recruiting all the big name free agents, trying to like hype up Indy for it. And I, I gotta love it. I can see Julio. I can see OBJ. There's a lot of different possibilities, but yeah, I, I, I do think I, I don't hate this move nearly as much as I've hated the last few. But I've always been on the record. I think Matt Ryan is is just Kirk Cousins. I really do. Uh, he had that one really great year, but I've, I'm telling you, I've watched Matt Ryan so many times. I've watched my bad Vikings teams kind of tear this guy to pieces. He's a statue in the in the pocket, so immobile. He's gotten way less mobile as his career has gone gone forward. And I just there's just something about the guy I don't like. I I, I can't quite put my finger on it. And I know a lot of people believe in him as a Hall of Famer. I personally think that's bananas, but he probably will make it. Uh, but who knows? I, 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 the trade is absolutely insane. But what do you think about Tom Brady firing Bruce Arians? <laughs> um, I'm not one on the bandwagon for Tom getting him fired. Uh, I know a lot of people are. 
Um, there might have been a little bit jaw back and forth, and there might have been ultimatum. But truthfully, I think Tom, I think he, I'd assume that he knew that he was coming back even before he retired. Uh, keeps him in the news, keeps everything hyped. I'm sure he's got a big business plan coming out. Um, <laughs> Tom's always had things premeditated. He's always planned ahead. He's not a dumb guy. Um, it's it was exciting. Like it, it gave us plenty of roller uh, roller coaster of emotions. Tom retiring. Fuck you, Tom. Welcome yeah. back, Tom. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the things he does is very calculated. Uh, and maybe at, at the at the end of the season after that loss, maybe it was just more of like an emotional fuck it. I'm done. Yep. And then all of a sudden you start seeing what's happening in the NFC. And truthfully, right now, if you're the Bucks, you have to imagine it's you guys and the Rams, one A, one B, and that's really all the they because they, they should cakewalk through the division. Right, and then it's got to be the Rams are bust in in their eyes. So why why not make another run with less of a path? I I see. I have to disagree. I think there's there's no chance in my mind that Bruce, the timing makes no sense. Uh, they 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 go past the entire off season. You know, multiple months where 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 coaches usually announce their retirement. Tom Brady comes back, and then Bruce Arians a few weeks later announces retirement. It's just too fucking perfect i i'm telling you i guarantee you guarantee fucking to you tom brady said to the bucks and i truly believe that all the the rumors about him trying to go to the 49ers even the weird rumor about him going to miami i have a feeling that's that's some old news that came to the surface later but i think tom brady I, the whole time his his whole retirement was a charade i i truly do and i think that he didn't like Bruce Arians. That the whole report about him and Leftwich, you know, designing these offensive schemes, and then Bruce Arians coming in and tearing it apart. When I look at Bruce Arians, the way that he talks to people, he he does. I, I used to love him as a coach so much. I, I think that he's as he's gotten older, he's become kind of the stubborn asshole that I don't think Tom Brady really wanted to deal with anymore. Yeah, well, at least we're kind of on the same boat for the uh, the trade. But let me uh uh. Could- New England fans, we we know kind of like how uppity they are. Could you imagine how salty they would have been if Tom Brady ended up in Miami just oh to play God. that? Oh man, be insane! Oh, that would be beautiful. Yeah, that, that Miami rumor might be the weirdest thing of the <laughs> the off season. I, I I can't even imagine that there's any truth to that, but it's it's wild. And I I, I think that Tom Brady he is he calls the shots, man. And if Bruce Arians is leaving, at this point, the greatest quarterback of all time is coming back to your already good team. And you're telling me that Bruce Arians at the age of 69 is 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 walking away from it at this point? And why not two months ago? That's my problem with this whole thing. Tom Brady retires in early February. That's the perfect time to say, you know what? I'm fucking done too. I just, none of it makes sense to me. I, 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 I have a... a <laughs> I believe the hype that that he and the whole, you know, Tom Brady playing nice with the post about Bruce Arians. Of course, they won a Super Bowl together. I'm sure that there are some, you know, there is some love between the guys, but I also think they kind of hate each other. Really do. And Tom Brady gets what Tom Brady gets. Always has and always will. He fuck if he if he he come he came to Tampa so that he can kind of impose his will. And uh, Bruce Arians, I think, is kind of an asshole, and I don't think he wanted to deal with that anymore. So now it's Tom Brady's team officially. And I think he has a really good coaching staff still with Leftwich and Bowles. But uh yeah, I think ah, dude, I'm so excited. We're we're me and me and Marcus are, are Bucks season ticket holders. 
I have a feeling we're about to see a fucking electric season. I, I really do. Tom, we, we, we might see a re-energized Tom Brady, who is now not only the GM and uh, starting quarterback, but also now the head coach. <laughs> and offensive coordinator, just taking everyone under his wing. It's crazy, dude. I mean, it, it, the, 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 the crack about him being the GM, it's so fucking true. If you look at what they've done over the last few years, you think they get grunk without Tom Brady? No fucking way. You think no. they get in Dominican Sue last year without Tom Brady? No fucking way. Fournette, two years? No. Fournette? Oh, 0% chance that they get Fournette. And, you know, from what Fournette produced last year, they got him at kind of a discount. So, uh, uh, I'm excited, man. Will you cry when you get to watch him live in-game? I don't, I don't think I'm going to cry, but I am, I am going to be really enthused. To, to finally see the GOAT. We went to see him practice. I want to see him play. I've never actually seen a live game of Tom Brady, and I, I'm so, I, you saw how devastated I was when he retired. I can't wait to see the chills on your arm. I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that moment, kind of like uh, you know, I was telling you. I, obviously, I've gotten to see him, which is fantastic, but right. up close, I got to watch Tiger live. It's just, it gives you chills. It's, you have to respect seeing the best to ever do it. It's the greatest. Yeah, you, you, love, you love it. It's just an appreciation for sports, so I'm, I'm excited to uh, get ready to share that with you. Oh, I'm pumped for it. Absolutely pumped for it. Uh, and on a much lesser extent in all this, the Carson Wentz trade to Washington, thoughts? Let me start it out. Let me play devil's advocate here. What if the Colts actually did misuse Carson Wentz? What if Washington did see something in him? I mean, let's face it. They've taken an XFL quarterback the last couple of years and made him look pretty good. Uh, I do think the Washington roster is is pretty decent overall. Um, so what are the chances that Carson Wentz puts it together this year? Zero. <laughs> Fucking zero. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's somewhere where he wants to be wanted because he, he wasn't wanted in Philly when they traded up to draft him at two or when they extended him three years into his deal. And right. He wasn't wanted to, by the Colts when they gave up a first-rounder and other uh, significant draft picks to get him. But at least he's going somewhere where he's wanted. At least the good news here is they don't have the, the same talented team that the Colts had, so they don't have to worry about him choking away a, a game against the Jaguars, who were the worst team in the NFL. All you had to do was tie. All you had to do was tie. Isn't isn't that isn't that wild though that we were talking about how untalented Washington was and last just last year they were they were the Vegas favorites or the the, the second Vegas favorites and and uh, a heavy favorite to make the playoffs really yeah didn't didn't realize that yeah the the over under for Vegas for the for their wins was like nine and a half or I think I think it may have even been ten wins the Cowboys were still favored to win the division but uh, it's pretty interesting because they I mean they do have a decent roster it just kind of fell apart last year it was yeah, bizarre I, th- I think so a lot of that does stem from that division being so weak right um but you know Dallas is going to be really good again this year you I and think I so you too. and I were on that train yep. uh last season that's a lot of that's going to depend on Dak but now we're seeing Phillies making some moves that they they could potentially make a super splash uh Giants are going to be the Giants but very interested to see what's going to happen over there with Dable yeah so as a whole that division is just going to be a lot, not that it's saying much, but that division as a whole is going to be a lot better than it has been the previous two or three seasons. Well, let's talk about Dable for a second. And so they, they clearly brought in Dable, I mean, for a lot of reasons. The fucking uh, Dable, the, the job that he did on Josh Allen is insane. The guy went from, you know, not looking all that good in his second year as a quarterback to all of a sudden being a, world. a oh, he's, he's probably the second best quarterback in the league right after Mahomes. Um, 
I, I actually don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, he did a great job of turning around uh, Josh Allen. Can he do the same thing for my boy Danny jo- Danny Dimes? I, I, it's it's hard to imagine it being to that extent, like as drastic. But I think he's going to benefit a lot. Like Danny Danny Dimes, still, you know, he makes enough. He makes some plays. The freak and, and athlete. A, a lot of people forget like how a depleted that entire freaking team was. Man, he's been without Saquon really for the last two years. Right. Evan Ingram has been banged up. Every receiver they get seems to not be playing. Like he's playing with third, fourth string type guys with horrible defenses and you know no continuity as far as coordinators. Co- like nothing is. The Giants are a mess. There's right. just no way around that. Um, so I'm hoping for like I do. I do like Danny man. Like he's, I love him. I, I, I love his talent. Yeah, like and I, people would forget. Like sometimes you don't. Yeah, you, you need some time to learn, but you also need a little continuity. You need you need some some type of support system if you. Yep. To really like excel through, and he just he hasn't had it. So I'm excited for that. I think we could really see potentially like a Pro Bowl type year out of Danny Dimes this season. I think so too, especially with the NFC, which is so fucking terrible in terms of quarterbacks. <laughs> could you imagine the Giants winning the division here with Abel? Then it brings him into a whole another category as far as coaches go. Oh yeah, yeah. Be- I, I I think it be, could potentially be huge. Uh, just because Danny Dimes looks like an Eli Manning player doesn't mean you have to play him like an Eli Manning player, and that's I think the mistake that the Giants have been making. This is a guy who has a faster recorded on-field speed than Lamar Jackson. This guy has all-world speed. Like, he's as fast as the fastest wide receiver in the fucking NFL. It's, tr- it's, it's, it's a fact. Yeah, there's no, there's no reason not to have them, uh, you know, widening the field, run, doing rollouts, doing some bootlegs. Play him like Josh Allen. Yeah, get, get some movements because they, they, guys like that like to create when they're on the move, kind of, make, you know, adjust on the fly. Yep. If I'm Dable, I, I, I institute the exact same offense as Josh Allen and just see if he can do it. I know he's not quite as big. Like, Josh Allen can fucking run over guys in the open field. He, he's, a, he's a freak. I, I don't, I've really never seen a guy like Josh Allen in my life. I, uh, uh, I love him. He's incredible. But uh, I think you – why not try it out with, with, with Danny Dimes. Give him a chance to do that. He, you know, he played at Duke, which is kind of like this, you know, just step below Ivy League school – uh, he he really does look like an Eli Manning player, but he let's face it, he's not an Eli Manning player. He's fast as fuck. Try start using that speed. That's what the Giants have not done in these past few years. And he does have a beautiful downfield ball. I just think he needs just a few tweaks on his development, and he could be really really good. Yeah, and, and kind of when it goes back to him, uh, it's kind of it's a similar to when we were talking about like Baker Mayfield and some of these other guys where if you either trade up or you take someone that high up in like in the draft you have to perform early on so when you look at them them taking Daniel Jones one before Josh Allen uh, which was the Kyler Murray draft it's you're like oh you're expecting Josh Allen numbers and it's just it hasn't been favorable for him going there right Uh, so it kind of comes down on the it's all on the team and the GM for sure sure yep well, let's let's finish this thing off. So let's let's just do a uh, post post free agency post trades. Uh, give give me your top five. <laughs> Jesus, Loki, uh, that's my greyhound freaking out in the background. Uh, give give me your top five teams post free agency post all these trades. All right. Uh, so uh, we we talked about this one. One one's easy, cut and dry. It's got to be the Rams. Uh, they were my Super Bowl favorite last year, and. I've never seen a team get better through free agency 
after winning a Super Bowl. Right. They are ungodly right now, so it has to be an un... For, it, I, I can't even make a legit argument for many... like. Maybe the Bills in that argument, but I can't make a legit number one as of right now, other than the Rams. Right. Uh, for me, it's my other sweetheart team. The Super Bowl matchup I was hoping to get, Rams-Chargers. Chargers, for me, are number two. They've uh, – I don't like the white Mike Williams signing. Uh, I think you I can, hate it. You, you, you can replace him for not 20-some-odd million dollars a year, but – they got some elite players on both sides of the ball to kind of fill gaps that they need. Right. I'm, I'm anticipating them probably getting the uh, that hoss of a D-tackle from Georgia to kind of share up that the middle of that defense where they struggled. Um, but getting J.C. Jackson on defense. Huge. Huge. Um, and obviously, Cleo Mack, that's going to help you out. Yeah. Um, number three for me, and I almost used all four teams here from the AFC West, but I'm pretty close. I'm going Chiefs. Uh, I hate to, I hate it, but I love the deal that they made for Tyreek. You don't pay him. He's kind of like right at the end of close to losing that step, which makes him him. I think he'll, he's definitely going to have not the all-pro season in Miami. And then you stack picks. You clear cap space. So they've addressed all the problems they had by getting rid of him. Solid three for me. Number four, Tampa Bay Bucks, solely because Tom Brady comes back. If he doesn't come back, they don't make this list. I kind of uh, – you know, mix it up a little bit, but him coming back, good enough team. Same, pretty much the exact same team that they had last season. Bucks are going to win it, win the division, make a run. Right. Uh, number five here. I, I was pretty much torn here between the Browns, Raiders, Broncos. I'm going with the Raiders. Uh, I really like what they did. Uh, maybe gave up a little bit too much for Devontae Adams. Um, you know, a lot of money, but he's got that connection with uh, Derek Carr. They have enough pieces, and having Devontae Adams there going to open up the most athletic receiver in the, in the NFL, uh, Hunter Renfro. He's not going to be getting double teamed all day. He's a monster. They're, it just opens up everything for that offense. Right. Still have some young pieces, man. Um, uh, Max Crosby getting that, that deal signed. He's just a high motor. Still, They're still young on defense. They're still very young and talented enough. And they just signed uh, Chandler Jones over there to uh, replace Yannick Ngakwe. So Chandler Jones has just been – we saw he's a monster in Arizona. You know, he's near the end of his his time as well. Right. But I, the Raiders are another fun team. Uh, just like the Colts, I'm sweet on them, but that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, so the, the team that I disagree the most on your on your list is the Raiders. Um, I do – I love Josh McDaniels as a coach, but who knows? The last time that Josh McDaniels coached the team, it was a complete fucking disaster. He brought in Tim Tebow. I just wonder, are we going to see the offensive genius – Josh McDaniels, or are we going to see the cocky asshole Josh McDaniels? And that remains to be unseen. And I think with the Raiders organization, one thing I'm worried about is there's no one in that organization to keep him in check. You know how Mark Davis rolls. You know how that organization rolls. It's pretty much do whatever the fuck you want. And that worries me with Josh McDaniels, who has always had the structure of Bill Belichick around him. But other than that, on your top five, I can't really dispute a lot of yours. It is funny how different mine is other than number one. Going with the Rams, I think it's obvious. Uh, everything that the Rams have done this offseason, it's insane. Bobby Wagner, oh my God. Fuck, fucking insane that the Rams took the team that they had last year and they're bringing in Bobby Wagner. I don't even think that Von Miller is a massive loss. I mean, he's a great, he's a really good player. I think the Bills are overpaying him. Um, the Rams are just going to be, they're going to pick up right where they left off. Oh, and also, I think Allen Robinson is a better talent than OBJ, so I think they don't lose anything there. Without a doubt. Um, 
they're so stacked. There's just no, there's no way around that. Yeah, uh, the Rams they did pick up Von Miller for the last half of the year. Yep, uh, he's a great presence. Buffalo, you have he he bet he it's it's really a two year window for him. There's too much money going forward. So I'm, way I, too much money. So I'm I'm with you. It's it's hard to argue against the Bills. Um, they kind of just slipped my mind. But I, I assumed that you were going to have them up there, and that we didn't want to repeat too too much. True. Um, but as far as like adding pieces, I think that for me. Just what the other teams have done this offseason was a little bit more to kind of propel them. Right. But that look, um, we, we were talking about this a little bit. Stephon Diggs from the end of 2020, the whole thing with the Chiefs, we saw that. That look in Josh Allen's eyes. Watch the fuck out, NFL. Yeah. That, the, the way, which, by the way, that might, that was the best playoff game I've ever seen in my It's life. the greatest. It might be the best game I've ever seen yeah, in you any want, sport. You want, you, want, you want to talk about a man on a mission going yeah. for it? Because – how could you? He he took that team on his back, and man, Greg Jennings <laughs> took the team on his back. <laughs> Josh Allen had that fire in his eyes, and it was it was so beautiful to watch that. So the the whole NFL should be on a high 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 alert. Yep. for Josh Allen. I got I got the Buffalo Bills at number two. I'm a huge Josh Allen fan. I don't even think we've seen the best of Josh Allen. That's the crazy thing. Um, the guy. Here's the weirdest part about Josh Allen. I've never really seen this. The passes he throws, heat-seeking missiles, bro. The, the arc, there's no arc. He doesn't throw, you know, Brad Johnson was famous for his rainbow pass because he had no arm strength, so he had to kind of put a lot of height into his pass to, to get try and get it downfield. Josh Allen, exact opposite. That guy has such a gun, he doesn't have to put any arc on it whatsoever. So, so he can nail a guy at 29 yards, so fucking fast. That's why Stephon Diggs is so fucking valuable in this offense because Stephon Diggs is just really quick at getting open within that 25, 30-yard range. It, the two of them are just unstoppable. Um, as much as I don't necessarily miss Stephon Diggs because we replaced him with Justin Jefferson with, in Minnesota, those two pair together beautifully. Uh, the Bills, their defense just got better. This team is, I, I think, I mean, obviously, clearly because of my rankings, I think they're the best team in the AFC uh, and I think the Bills have so much to look forward to. If I had Josh Allen as a quarterback, as a Vikings fan, I can't tell you how fucking excited I am. I, I wouldn't just have one Josh Allen jersey. I'd have, like, all variations Every of Josh Allen one, jersey. Yeah. I'm obsessed with the guy. I think he's ridiculous. Speaking of guys I'm obsessed with, Justin Herbert. Chargers, I have at number three. Best offseason, best free agency of any team. J.C. Jackson, uh, the trade for Quill Math. Mac for fucking penny pennies. Uh, this team is stacked this year. Uh, like you said, I hate the Mike Williams signing. I really do. I just the, the guy. If you look at his stats, he was a first round pick who just started producing right around contract time. To me, that's sus. He's replaceable. He's big body. Yep. Nice. There's still some big bodies out there. Yeah. You know, I think if you get him in the under fifteen range, cool. Yeah. You know, I, I can be cool with it. When we start talking twenty one, twenty two million a year. Just too much for my liking for a team still top five in salary cap available. Uh, you know, obviously you keep that piece that uh, Herbert's comfortable with. Yep. But man, it's I think they could have done better or waited. When I've been saying it for a long time, I, I think Justin Herbert is Peyton Manning 2.0. So I don't think you need to place so much emphasis on getting him wide receiver weapons. Whatever wide receiver Justin Herbert has is going to be in a, a dynamic weapon because that's how good Justin Herbert is. So I think spending money on wide receivers, Pete Manning was famous for making guys like, you know, Marvin Harrison, uh, 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 Reggie Wayne. You know, th- 
would these these guys are Hall of Famers? Would they necessarily have had the careers they have without Peyton Manning? No. I, there's no chance in hell. No, he, no he, chance in hell. Kind of, kind of like Tom. How many guys who weren't like super talented, but just right. benefited from what was going on? Pro Bowls, All Pros. Yep. Um, you know, you know, good enough. But but he ele- but he what you're getting to is he's good enough to elevate the play of everyone around him because he's that damn exactly. Good. A third round talent at wide receiver is gonna all of a sudden be like a first round elite guy at like Parham Parham sucks he looked great whenever Justin Herbert was throwing him the ball it's I'm telling you he's just one of these guys you already had um uh why am I blanking on his name they're they're actually the best wide receiver oh Keenan Allen you already had Keenan Allen I just don't think you needed they they do complement each other well but the money is just way too much you're paying him over 20 million dollars a year and the guy can't stay healthy he stayed healthy over the last few years those are contract years that's sus to me Number four, I think, is the most controversial on my list, the Denver Broncos. Um, I'm putting the Broncos here because I believe in Russell Wilson. And maybe it's just uh, Stockholm Syndrome because I've seen Russell Wilson just thrash the Vikings, just anally destroy us, just pound us in the ass so many times. Uh, 2021 was a great year for me as a Vikings fan because it's the only time we've ever beaten Russell Wilson in eight contests. Seven and one, Russell Wilson was against the Vikings. So maybe, maybe that guy's just destroyed me so many times that I think he's better than he is. I actually don't think that's true, though. I think the guy's phenomenal. The Broncos just became one of the best teams in the league, and, and I think their defense is kind of a mess. Their offensive line still kind of sucks. Guess what? Russell Wilson's been playing with shitty offensive lines his whole career. He'll find a way. The Broncos are going to be fucking good. One of the best wide receiving cores in the league. Uh, Cal- the Cowboys at number five, and this this hurts me to say. But I fucking love this team. I fucking love this team. They traded Amari Cooper. You know me. I fucking hate Amari Cooper. I I I, I think the guy's really talented, but he just disappears too much mm-hmm. to to be paying the money that they were paying. Love C D Lamb. Uh, they 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 retain uh their entire offense essentially. I think they lost a, maybe one piece on the offensive line. Yeah, but but Amari, Amari is the biggest loss for them. And they bring their whole coaching staff back, which is the most important thing for me. Uh, love him or hate him. Uh, the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, who I, why do I always blank on his name? Uh, Richard. <laughs> what? Chris Richard? No, the, the defensive oh, coordinator. Oh, Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan coach, Quinn. The Dan guy, boy. The guy who I think is a terrible head coach. Great coordinator. Smart move for him to re- retain. I mean, this is the guy who, who coordinated the Legion of Boone in Seattle. He's a great defensive coordinator. Um, I think this team's going to be fucking electric. I think they... Probably have the best defender in the league, uh, Micah Parsons. And I, as much as I love to hate on the Cowboys, I think they're going to be fucking really good again this year. Comes down to Dak. Um, yep. Which, you know, we, we've talked about it. We can I can go on and on why he wasn't worth the money that he was at. Right. Uh, he's right up there in the $45 million range. And we, we saw how he performed when, when, the, when the going got tough, right? He didn't get going. Sure. Uh, too much money right now tied up between him and Zeke. Uh, they still have the talent. They still have the pieces. So I can't argue that, but I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm iffy on the Broncos. I'm not sure if Russ is going to be enough, but it's also because of how good that division is. Right, they're easily a top ten, probably a top seven for me. Right, uh, sliding sliding them in the top five is just a little bit much for my liking. Even though I I had them borderline five for me, it is going to be tough. Um, I think <laughs> I, I honestly the roster is not that great, but. It's going to be interesting. The, the biggest question mark for me with the Broncos is their coaching staff. 
So I'm going. I'm going to throw this one out right now for yep. for our knee jerk reaction for you. Su- right. Super Bowl prediction. Who you got? Who we, who versus who? Who wins? Okay, knee jerk reaction. I'm going to go Bills, Bucks. Bills, Bucks. It's it's hard. I mean, it's hard to argue. There, there's only really a handful of teams. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my uh, same Super Bowl prediction from the previous year. I'm going Rams, Chargers. But give me the, <laughs> give me the Chargers in that win. I would love. I, I wish. I still wish we could have gotten a Rams Chargers Super Bowl in LA. That right. would, following Tampa winning at home, that would have been awesome. But uh, get, get, let me get let me get some Chargers Rams again. I could just see. All right, so here I love the Rams. Obviously, I have them number one. So, and I don't even have the Bucks in my top five. So, if you're confused at my at my at my Bucks pick, I don't blame you. But here's why: the the Bucks are playing in the worst division in the NFL, the NFC South. You can't convince me otherwise. That is the worst division. They don't even have Matt Ryan anymore. It's Tom Brady and everybody else. Jameis Winston is the second best quarterback in that division. Uh, I think he's just gonna cakewalk to the playoffs. And what does Tom Brady do when he can cakewalk? He just starts preparing like week 11 for the playoffs. And when he can start preparing for himself, when he's not fighting to, to, to get into the playoffs, I think he's a different player. And so many different times in the AFC East, he could just limp into the playoffs. And there would be teams that think about how many Super Bowl winning Patriot teams. You didn't even think anything of going into the season they get into the playoffs, and then all of a sudden they're electric. They're electric because of Tom Brady, and I just think the NFC is so fucking bad. Uh, think about how narrowly the Rams beat the Bucks this year. Yeah, I mean, you, you, ha- you have to anticipate that's the – obviously some teams can get hot, all that, but, like, looking at looking at it on paper right now for Tampa, you have to imagine it's going to be them and the Rams. Yeah. Like, come in the, in the conference championship, you know – Anyone could get there, how, how, however, whatever. But that—that's what we're expecting, right? And if you don't think that Tom would love to go and get that win against the Rams and knock them out, oh like, yeah, it's—he's he, disgusting. Like, there's just no other way to say it. So, like, some some people do better when they're the underdog, yep, and, and slack off when they're the favorite. But it's—he's just as determined and gross as he is as a favorite as he is as an underdog so you got la la yeah that 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 matches your rankings with the rams and chargers interesting i love it i do think the chargers are just gonna be fucking nasty this year but man that division and it's funny because i don't have the chiefs in my top five but i'm like considering these rankings i just gotta say who are the best like teams um and I just think uh, I think the Chiefs are going to take a big. I think they are going to take a step back without Tyree Kill. I really do. I, I, I as much as a, a fan as a, I as I am of Patrick Mahomes, I look at who they have now. Travis Kelsey is on the wrong age of thirty three. I think he's he's about to turn thirty four. Like that's that's the age that tight ends start to fall off. Yeah. So that that concerns me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and obviously losing some defensive pieces. Honey Badger is huge. Uh, right. There's there's no way to. Really replace that, even just the energy, if anything. Right. Uh, yeah. Honestly, Kelsey. Yeah. Even uh, historically, with you know statistics, all that, you're looking at one, maybe two, like solid years. But his his unstoppable years are probably behind him. So we're jumping around quite a bit. But what do you, fantasy wise, what do you think of Juju this year? Um, Juju's gonna have a great fantasy year. Yes. Um, it, he, he'll probably be on. He'll he'll probably top that thousand hundred catch mark, uh, but I think he'll still be under. He might be like a hundred and six for eight eight ninety. Like, but he'll be the taking those important catches that the Chiefs have really missed. 
outside of Travis Kelsey. He, Kelsey's been the only guy to really get the dirty yards. Right. So having having Juju there is very helpful for that. Like, he's very talented at that. Um, but it, it, I'd imagine, like, right around 100 catches, right around 900 yards, six, seven, eight touchdowns right now. Oh, nine. See, I think he's going to – I think he's going to probably have a 1,200-yard season just because of how good Patrick Mahomes is. I don't, I don't think Juju is that great of a player at all, but – his floor for me is 135 targets. Unless they do something else with the wide receiver room, which I think they will, there's still so many good wide receivers out there. Could they bring in Antonio Brown? It could fucking happen. If if, if there's a team that could potentially make it work, it, it could be the Chiefs. I, I I don't think they will, but that'd be an interesting play. Give the old uh, the old one-two combo again. Yep, yep. And the one thing we didn't talk about between the Bills and the, the Chiefs, which is extremely important, Josh Allen has the better Brittany. <laughs> no question, no debate, no question about it. Yeah, so both Josh Allen and, and Patrick Mahomes are dating Britneys, and go check out Josh Allen's Britney. Way, way, way better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marcus, closing thoughts. Just ready for the draft now. Same, man. Yeah, it's gonna. It's one that it's. We're not like as set on what's gonna happen. So like for the previous years, man, we've gotten we have a really good idea who's going one through ten. Right. No idea what's gonna happen this no year. Idea. And I'm so excited for it. I think we're I think what we're gonna see in this draft is a lot of quarterbacks that don't deserve to be taken in the top twenty in the top twenty. I I, I, I straight up I'm, I'm telling you right now, we're gonna see three quarterbacks drafted by pick fifteen. It's just because it always happens. They don't deserve it, but it's going to happen. What, what I'm really excited for this year, or for the draft, like last year when we started breaking down guys, seeing how bad Trey Lance was, how good Michael yep. Parsons was, how up and down Zach Wilson was. I'm very excited to break down film with you again, yes. just like we do for the draft. Oh, for sure. And really hone in on these quarterbacks that are coming in to kind of get a better feel to, uh, other than kind of spur of the moments, like uh, small clips here and there. I'm very excited to break down this draft with you because there's so, so many variables of what's going on it's so exciting my closing thought today is something that really shook me that i found out uh you know hasbullah the little the little kid that's in all the ufc memes and he's like he's like he's famous a, he's an adult yeah he's like 19 years old i, I dude I, so I, I i was i was all of a sudden realizing like i'm seeing pictures of him today and i'm like how the fuck does this kid never age he's a grown adult i'm the whole time i've been looking at this guy like oh hasbullah like he's a child but he's a fucking, it's <laughs> blew my mind today. That was a weird revelation for grown me. Grown ass man. He's a grown ass man. All right, gonna go watch the championship game with my wife, the UNC alum. Uh, Marcus, have a good night, man.